right, everybody. Welcome to Rick Six Season One, Episode Thirty. Happy New Year, everybody. Preston Gledo, I haven't seen you guys since last year, man. It's been too long. I know, right? It's been crazy. Been a wild, wild year so far. Yep, Season Two is almost upon us on Rick Six, guys. We are rolling. The NFL season is almost over, but now it's time for the real deal: playoffs. We talk about playoffs. It's wild card round, ladies and gentlemen. If you guys don't know, well, y'all should know now, but. There's seven seeds instead of six seeds this season, so instead of four games, there's going to be your normal six games, so I'm super excited. It's going to be a different approach this season as far as how the playoffs work and everything, but I mean, this is probably the best weekend we get in sports. I mean, because not only do we get the wild card this weekend, but we also get the national championship on Monday between Alabama and Ohio State. Trevor Lawrence duking it out with Justin Fields there, and uh, they announced the Heisman last night as well, Devontae Smith, so College football's rolling as well, so I, I'm excited for this weekend. It's going to be a chill weekend, just watch sports all all day, man. Uh, you guys got anything else to add? No, but I'm I'm very excited. I think um, I think all of us got the AFC right when we did our picks last week. We uh, did. We nailed the AFC. We had, a, we had a pretty good idea, maybe what would happen. I mean, obviously, we knew Miami was gonna it was gonna be tough for them, given that they were playing Buffalo the last week. And uh, man, Buffalo hung a fifty burger on that defense too. We've said their defense is pretty good. But Buffalo, man, holy cow. Not a team um, you want to play. No, no. They might be – I I think right now they're, they're the scariest team in the league. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe Kansas City is still technically the favorite out of the AFC, but Buffalo, you don't want to play them. I think right now it's looking like we're going to be seeing Buffalo and Kansas City in the AFC Championship. Let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Um, you know, sometimes you see wild card teams that kind of – you know, they kind of make a run for it every now and then. And both, I think both those Giants teams that won the Super Bowls, they were wild card teams that just got really, really hot. Um, Green Bay was – was, wasn't Green Bay the sixth seed as well when they won the Super Green Bowl? Green Bay was, yeah. Green Bay was the sixth seed in the NFC, and they just um, – I think they beat the top-seeded Falcons, and then they, they beat the – I think they beat the Bears on the road or something. Uh, that was the Jay Cutler bicycle game, if you remember. Um, and then they rolled the Super Bowl and knocked off the Steelers, I think. So, but man, I'm I'm so excited. Our uh, defending NFC champs, the uh, 49ers, are not in the bracket this year, so we're gonna have a new NFC champion. And once again, the NFC East has a different winner. I don't. I think it's been like 20 years since the NFC East has had uh, repeat champions. I think it's it's switched every single year. This year it goes to Washington. But, hey, I, I, I'm excited to see that Tampa Bay-Washington game. I think that's the game I might be most excited to see in the NFC just because I think that Washington defensive line could be a mismatch for the, for, uh, the Buccaneers. Um, I think it's very possible that maybe, you know, Tom Brady in that, in that, in that offense, you know, they're kind of under duress early in the game, and uh, maybe we see a low-scoring game. I think it's very possible that Washington pulls the upset in that game. I don't think it's going to happen, but – Again, it wouldn't shock me. But, yeah, I guess uh, I'll let you guys say what you want to say, and we'll get into these picks. Yeah, so I kind of, you know, I kind of, you know, I made that face at you when you said that might be the most exciting game in the NFC. But then I look at these games, and you actually might be right. In my opinion, my personal opinion, I think Seattle and, and the Rams game is the least probably the most boring game for me on paper. Like I, I am not looking forward to watching that game at all. I'm probably not going to watch it at all. Like that feels the, like a 20 to 17 game to me. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like a low scoring defensive game. Who has the ball last? Uh, who doesn't make, you know, I mean, and that could be an exciting game in some cases. I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong, uh, but it just seems like it's, it's more of like, okay, who's going to make more mistakes in that game. And whoever makes more mistakes is going to lose. 
Uh, but it's a division game. Those NFC West teams like beating the hell out of each other. I say it every year, but I mean, that's the game. I, as I look on paper, that's probably, in my opinion, the most boring game of the week. And that is the afternoon game on Saturday. So we got three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. I guess I have nothing else to add. Glad you were talking about the NFC East a little bit. So the actual like statistic is there hasn't been a back-to-back NFC East champion since 2004. And it was the Philadelphia Eagles that went back-to-back that year. Ever since then, it's flip-flopped. NFC East is, or NFC least, they have a chance to, uh, to win a playoff game. I mean, we have the other, you know, the, the two wild card teams that made it, or the two division leaders that won, won it was, uh, I think, the Seahawks, 7-9, and nine, Panthers, 7-8-1. and one. They all won their first playoff game, you know? So you never know. The Washington football team could, if history repeats itself, that will happen. Washington will win this week. The 79 Seahawks, that was a team where Marshawn Lynch uh, had like that 50-something yard touchdown run in the playoffs against the Saints. Yeah. Yeah, registered the the miniature earthquake within the, you know, the CenturyLink field in Seattle. I think that was, yeah, I think the Seahawks were 79 that year. Saints were 11-5 and too. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. All right, so before we get on into these games, let me go ahead and, and update you guys with the playoffs and consolation brackets. So unfortunately, all three of us, like I said, I didn't expect us to make it, especially after after week 16, it was pretty much over. But Gledhill, hat off to you. You had the best week out of all of us, out of all three of us, at least 14 and two. You got the Cowboys and the Cardinals game wrong. So, I mean, can't, can't blame you too much there. Preston, your 16 and 0 didn't work out too much in your favor. You had the worst record out of all three of us, 10 and six. And then I went 11 and five. But so we got the playoffs, we got Kyle, who won it by two games. We got Joel and Brady tied, and then we have Eric. So those are the four teams competing for the chance to win the picks, and it's based on seeding. So if there's a tiebreaker, the higher seed will get it. Consolation, we got Gledhill, 14-2, makes himself, just misses it by, I guess, four games with that. Uh, Cade and Preston tied, me and Gage, eighth and ninth, and then Taylor all by himself. Bad year for him, but at least he had a good fantasy uh, fantasy season for him. So that is the playoffs. Good luck. That's all I got to say. Good luck. I mean, I'm first time in the consolation bracket. I don't know what to expect, so we'll see where it goes. So let's go ahead and get on into this. We got the first game, seven seed Indianapolis Colts going on the road to play the number two seed, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo's first home playoff game since 1996. It seems like every time the Bills have stepped on the field this year, they have also been rolling offensively. But not only that, they're just playing, you know, the best team football out of every team, I would say. And it seems like they're breaking records every single week as terms of ending droughts, you know, making the playoffs, winning the division, you name it. Meanwhile, you got the Colts. A lot of people believe that if uh, this is a loss for the Colts, then this is Phillip Rivers' last game. I did call it back in the summer. I did say this was Phillip Rivers' farewell tour. They're going to get a franchise quarterback, whether that's trading for somebody or, you know, giving this, what, that Jacob Easton guy a shot. I don't know, but the Colts are going to have to, you know, figure out what their quarterback situation, because I do believe this is Phillip Rivers last year. Preston, what is the spread in this game? So the Bills are favored by six and a half. Bills favored by six and a half. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, Gledhill, you mentioned it well. We uh, we all nailed the AFC side except Preston, but he also picked a couple upsets as well. So his seeding was a little bit different, but it worked out in the favor. Seven seed versus two seed. <sighs> okay, Gledhill, you're kicking us off tonight. Who do you got? I don't see how you can't how you, how you can pick against the Bills right now. I think from top to bottom, they're playing the best football in the league right now. I know they're not the one seed in their league. You know, you got the you got the Chiefs and the Packers who might be uh, Super Bowl favorites in their respective leagues. 
but you know, I think I think the Chiefs, you know, even though they're fourteen and two this year, they haven't looked that great in a little while. I think they've struggled on the offensive side, particularly in the red zone, um, and I think their defense is a little up and down as well. And then you look at the Packers, and the Packers have had a couple stingers this season, even though they're playing really, really good football right now. I think there have been a couple times we were like, holy cow, I don't, the Packers don't look that good at all. So I think there's maybe a little bit more uncertainty with the Packers, even though obviously Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the, in the league right now. But the Bills, just from top to bottom, Josh Allen, the run game, the receivers, the offensive line, and you go to the defense, they're, they're playing really well. I think they're, you know, I just don't know how you can pick against them in this game against the Colts. And I'm excited, man. It's, it's really fun to see, you know, the teams like the Bills doing really, really well and, you know, contending for the Super Bowl. It's, it's been a long, long time for that organization. Um, I don't think they've made a Super Bowl since they made that the, the fourth straight and lost all of them. So they're back this year. They're definitely one of the favorites, and I think they're going to take care of the Colts and, and move on. I'm going to go 34 to – 26 so the bills do cover yeah so I, I agree with everything you said i think you nailed it i don't see how you can pick against the bills right now especially the football they're playing i mean matt barkley nearly had 200 passing yards uh with practice you know with the the, the secondary guys out there the you know the bills had they were up like 28 to like 10 at one point in the early in that game they already then they started pulling all the starters so I mean, the Bills, just they they just have so much depth right now. They're just an overall better football team than the Colts. The Colts, I do applaud their defense and their run game, but if they don't get the run game going, then they're pretty much one-dimensional, and I think the Bills are just kind of kind of run up the score and, and make uh, you know some pretty good stops. Sean McDermott, I would take him as a better coach over Frank Wright, even though Frank Wright has done a tremendous job with that team this season. Uh, but yeah, it's really on Phillip Rivers. You know, if Phillip Rivers cannot get the – the run game going and, and get the passing going, then he's going to struggle. He's going to struggle. And I think the bills actually win pretty big here. Uh, I, I don't see any slowing down. I mean, maybe if the bills had a buy, then you could may, maybe see them, you know, coming out a little flat in the first quarter or something, but I don't see that. I think they're going to get off to an early lead and pretty much not look back from there. I respect the Colts defense, but Stefan Diggs is going to have a great game franchise record in receptions for them. And he also leads the league in receiving yards. He won the receiving yard title this year. So congrats to Stephon Diggs, top three receiver in the league, arguably playing out of his mind. I got the bills and Josh Allen rolling the Colts. I'm going to say that they win 35 to 24. Preston. You guys are absolutely right. There's no way you can pick against the bills here. They have just been phenomenal. I don't know if I've picked against the bills this year, except for um, which game was that where I picked against the bills? Anyways, probably scratch the that. game. Yeah, probably the Seahawks game. I think I picked the Seahawks that game. I know, I know, I know. I didn't go 16-0 and 0 that um, last week. I didn't calculate everything I needed to calculate, and that's on me. That's my bad. But how do you make up for that? 13-0 in the playoffs, baby. Here we come. 13-0, 6-0 this week. Y'all about to get it. Boom, boom, shakalaka. Bills win. I think it's going to be closer than 6.5. This game is going to come down to Josh Allen not choking. I don't think he's going to choke this year. I think he's going to learn from last year where he had a couple of terrible plays. Uh, who was that against? The Texans? Yeah, that game still a, pisses me off. Oh, my God. That game was absolutely horrendous. He had just some pathetic plays against the Texans. You know, blew that lead. They looked fantastic in the beginning. I, I hope they get out to a big lead again, force the Colts to have to – you know, rely on Philip Rivers and not on their defense. But 
Colts defense needs to come out and play uh, play well. Josh Allen needs to come out and play well. So whoever wins that battle wins the game. Diggs, uh, that's the guy to watch. You know, if if he gets his receptions and, you know, he keeps hitting like the way Josh Allen's been hitting him, it's over. It's over. Uh, but I expect it to be within six and a half. I've got the Bills winning in actually a relatively high-scoring game, 31-27. Wow, that was actually very impressive how the fact that you just came up with that 13 and off your top of your head. I would have had a count and checked how many playoff games there were. So that's kind of funny that you just off the top of your head just knew, oh, 13 to no. Let's see. Everything I do is off the dome, baby. Let's see if you got the juice, bro. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? I don't got the juice, man. I got the sauce. Sauce is forever. Juice is temporary. Juice goes bad, man. We want the sauce. That sauce lasts forever. Amen to that. And like like you were saying on that that game last year with the Bills and the Texans, Josh Allen, oh, dude, that man, when he lateraled, do you guys remember that play where he lateraled it? I was at home. I was back at home at the time, and I was watching it with my dad, and we were rooting for the Bills to win that game too like because just the, the way they were playing. And I just remember like – Oh, like, yeah, he's driving. He laterals it. We just jumped out of our, off the scene. We're like, what are you doing? Like, why would, what told you in your mind to lateral that? So you could tell like Josh Allen was feeling the pressure late in that game. I don't, now this season, completely different story. The bills are way better. Josh Allen is so much like smarter as a quarterback. I don't see him choking this game at all. He's likely a much more confident quarterback too. You just, you could just see it. I mean, playing like an MVP, I, I know I know Rodgers is having a little bit of a better season. He's going to win it. I think, I think A-Rod deserves to win this one. But, uh, man, Josh Allen is, is top three in the league right now. Yeah, yeah he's, not, he's not solely relying on his legs like he did last year. He's yeah, well, actually confident with his, with his arm. I think it's crazy because if you go back and look at that draft class, like we probably thought he was going to be the worst out of all of them. No, bro. I, I don't know. For me – Dude, his arm strength and his accuracy coming out of college was just like, I mean, 6'6", quarterback who can run and can throw the ball 70 yards. That's, I don't know. He was, he would, I don't know if he was my favorite, but he was definitely a top three for me. He didn't have the accuracy, but all the other, I mean, I mean, that's something I think you can fix. I think if you, if, you know, he had all the tools, all the physical tools, I mean, you put him with the right coaches, they're going to, they're going to make, they're going to get him better. They're going to get him right in a couple of years. He a little bit of a project, but. He was very fortunate to go to some really, really good coaches in Buffalo. Yeah. All right, let's move on into the next game. The the game that, like I said, I'm least likely to watch, but it's a big game for playoff invocation and the fact that it's a division game. Don't see that too often. We got the LA Rams going on the road to play the Seattle Seahawks. LA Ram has allowed 18.5 points per game this season. That's the fewest in the NFL. We know how great their defense has been playing this season. Jared Goff broke his thumb. Two weeks ago, I believe it was in the seat. Wasn't it in the Seattle game too, right? That he broke it. I think he left late in the game. That was another low-scoring, uh, boring game that, and it came down to who made more mistakes. And Jared Goff made more mistakes than Russell Wilson. Pope, two of these teams have split in the regular season. It was one-one. Rams won the first game. Seahawks won the second game to win the division. Three versus six. Preston, what is the spread? Uh, the Seahawks are favored by three and a half. Okay. So they split in the regular season. Who you taking in the playoffs? I got the Seahawks. Their schedule's been a lot weaker the latter half of the season, so I'm not necessarily confident in them long term. I expect them to be a uh, first round win team, and then the, I expect them to lose the next round and uh, against whoever they play against, simply because of their defense. 
Russell Wilson, you know, he's going to do what he's going to do, especially with that talented offense, but it's just not going to be enough firepower against all these other powerhouses that they're going to be going up against in the NFC. So yeah, I got the, I got the Seahawks winning Rams, you know, obviously Jared Goff is out. You know, we saw a little bit about uh, what's his face could do. Who? John what's his fa- uh, yeah. Is it Wolford? Is it Wolford or is it Wolford? Wolford. Wolford. Yeah. Wolf, so Wolf, Wolford. Yeah. He played surprisingly Wolford. well. He played surprisingly yeah, he, well. He did his job last week. He used his little legs to to get around when he needed to. And but that Cardinals team is obviously you know they were banged up towards the end of the year had a tough latter half of the season after looking like, you know, possible Super Bowl contender uh, coming out of the NFC in the first half of the season. Cardinals looked like a Super Bowl contender every now and then, but they were just so – they were the most inconsistent team in the league. I did not know – I think I probably – if I had to look at it, I think I struggled a lot with the Cardinals picks. I think we all did. Yeah. You just didn't I think a lot of it had to do – You know what you'd see from them week to week. I think a lot of it had to do with Kyler Murray's shoulder too. I mean, Mm -hmm. he he banged it up and – and you look at the game versus the Patriots, and even last week they pulled him early. Like he just, he didn't look good at the later latter half of the season. I mean, you know, we, we talk about like, oh, how, how the Bills looked so great in the game versus the Cardinals, and they were like one hail mary away. Everybody keeps saying one hail mary away from in like ten nine straight games. The Cardinals look, were like what six and three at the time, and they were leading the division. And then after that, they finished the what? I guess they would finish the season two and uh, two and five. Yeah, they finished the season two and five, lost games that they shouldn't have lost. So just a disappointing year. I know coming into them, coming into the season, I had them about like a 10 and six, you know, 11 and five, and they were on the way to doing that before Kyler got hurt. So just disappointing to see, but Preston, I'm sorry. Uh, continue. I expect Rams defense to play well. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to come out and do his thing and they're going to win this game in an actual, it's actually going to be a low scoring game, 21 to 15. Gledhill. I got to agree, man. I'm taking the Seahawks in this game. This is, I think both the six, three games are tough. They're both division games. Uh, both can be really tough to pick for me. This one certainly is, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm rolling with the Seahawks. I, I, I can't forget what I saw just a couple weeks ago where the Seahawks defense outplayed the Rams defense. The Seahawks defense is not necessarily weakness anymore. The weakness of the Seahawks right now is that offensive line. And that's what scares me about this team. That's why I don't think this team is a Super Bowl team. But their defense is it's it's almost it reminds me of like Kansas City last year, where you know I think maybe at the beginning of the season it was kind of looked at as a weakness, and then as the season progressed, they started playing better and better and better. Seahawks defense is looking good, but Jamal Adams is banged up, so I think that's that's something you got to look at there. Um, he was an animal in that, in that last Rams game. I think for me, I'm so low on Jared Goff right now, and in a playoff game it really does come down to the, how the quarterback plays. And we saw it last year in the Texans um, bills game where just Deshaun Watson was, was the better quarterback last year and um, just made some really big plays late. Josh Allen made some key mistakes. Obviously there were some other factors in that game, but I think it really came down to the, the quarterback's play and, 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 the Seahawks defense is playing good enough to where, you know, I, I just think Jared Goff is really going to have to step up, make some big plays, and I just don't see it. Even with Jamal Adams banged up, I think this is also going to be a low-scoring game. It's going to be in the 20-17 to 17 range. I'll probably say I'll, – I'll say 20-17. to 17. This is a game I wouldn't bet because I don't know – I don't really know what to expect in this one. I am going to watch it just because I really like 
the two coaches. Um, I like watching Russell Wilson. It's obviously it's it's two teams that know each other really well that split games during the regular season. I think it's going to be like a chess match of a game where it's just every you know points are going to be so valuable. I just have to pick Russell Wilson. I'm sorry. I don't see Jared Goff getting it done, and I'm going to go with the Seahawks 2017. Jared Goff isn't playing. He's not playing. Did you just get that? Because Sean McVay said, and I got an alert about uh, earlier that said, Sean McVay will not decide who was playing quarterback. He will not say it. It said Jared Goff was out on here on the ESPN app. Jared Goff is out. Okay, well. I he's just way. he's just playing tro- he's just trying to troll the uh the Seahawks so that way they have to prepare for both quarterbacks. Just yeah. increase their no, workload. I, I think that's I think that's smart. Um but at the end of the day, I just don't see even if it's John Wolford, I don't I just don't see I just don't see it. I don't I don't really think it matters to me who who the starting quarterback is. I I just I really just don't. Yeah, so I do agree with you in the sense of this is probably going to be the lowest scoring game of the bunch. I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. And I'm actually going to disagree with both of y'all. I have the LA Rams winning this game, and it's because I do not like the way the Seahawks have looked in the past later half of the season. I know they beat the Rams a couple weeks ago, but it was a low scoring game, and their offense still didn't look all that great. You look at you look at Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense. Look at them the first seven weeks of the season, six and one. 26 to 6 touchdown interception ratio, passing arts per game 300, right? Passer rating of 120, which is really good. Then you look at the last nine games, 6 and 3 record, 14 and 7 touchdown interception ratio, 229 passing arts per game, and a passer rating of 91.8. So their offense has looked flat. You look at the week 17 matchup, a game where they needed to fight for a first round bye which it wasn't looking like they were going to get it because the Packers were going to take care of business. All they had to do was win. They controlled their own destiny. But the Seahawks fighting for something, they looked really sloppy in that 49ers game. I know it's a division game, but they just don't look like the same team that I saw in the first few weeks of the season when Russ was killing it. And I think it favors McVay in a low-scoring game, a defensive game in the playoffs. I think McVay's just going to outcoach Pete Carroll because I do think he's a way better coach. And I don't care if Goff or Woodford is playing. I liked what I saw from Woodford last week. I thought he did some great things. They won by their defense and running the football. That's how the Rams win games. They don't win because of Jared Goff. I know they're starting to lose faith in him. You can tell Sean McVay is kind of fed up with Jared Goff. And, 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 you know, who knows? Maybe if Jared Goff does play, which it doesn't look like he's going to, but say he does play, you know, Sean McVay is going to put a lot of chips on his shoulder saying, hey, man, like, this is it for you. You you know, you lose this, this game, you play bad, you throw two, three picks, and we lose to the, our division rival on the road in a playoff game, and we lose the series to them. Yeah, you're done, man. You're gone. You're out of here. I'm going to find another guy to play quarterback for me. So I think if Jared Goff does play, he will play better than he did two weeks ago when he played the Seahawks. But if not, Wolford is not going to have to do much. I think they're going to get the run game going, and the defense is going to make a lot of big plays for them. And I like the Rams getting the upset here. I'll match your score 20 to 17, but the Rams get it done. You guys got anything else to add? Uh, no, sounds pretty good. I would just like to add that the, uh, the Seahawks or, I mean, the Rams actually, uh, their offensive line is beat up a little bit. Obviously they have um, Andrew Whitworth out for the season, but also uh, Joe Noteboom and David Edwards are both questionable to offensive tackles for them. Yeah, a lot of people banged up, uh, especially, I mean, even the Jamal Adams thing is big. I mean, we'll see if he 
if he plays or not, but that that'll be a big loss because he he was so, like Gledhill said he was such a an animal in that game. So we'll see, man. We'll see. All right, so you guys got Seahawks. I got Rams, twenty to seventeen. Let's move on to the next game, the night game, Saturday night, prime time. We got the Tampa Bay fifth seed Buccaneers going on the road to play the fourth NFC least division winner, the Washington football team, seven and nine. Tampa Bay's first playoff appearance since two thousand seven. They've been rolling the past few weeks of the season. Offense has been clicking on all cylinders. Antonio Brown has been getting involved in the passing game, which is finally, I mean, that's what they wanted. That's what they wanted out of him. Mike Evans had another consistent season. You know, I I feel like he's super underrated, you know? Like he he's had, ever since he's been in the league, he's been in the league for seven years now, and he's had a 1,000-yard season in every single season. So he's been super consistent. Uh, You know, he, he did get banged up a little bit. In the, in the week 17 game, uh, it looked like it was an ACL because he did go down a non-contact injury, but they just said it was a sprained knee. Thankfully for them, they're playing a Washington team that, you know, seven and nine, you can say what you want about their defense. It's great, uh, but their offense just hasn't been, it's just not good enough to keep up with with the Tampa Bay's, you know, firepower that they have. Uh, what's the spread in this game? I'm kind of curious. Tampa Bay is favored by eight. Tampa Bay is favored by eight. Okay. Uh, so I see this game going one or two ways. Either Washington gets an upset in a very low-scoring game and Tom Brady struggles, or Tampa Bay is just going to completely roll them and drive them out of the stadium in Washington. So I see it going one or two ways. I'll go ahead and get this game out of the way. I, I like the Buccaneers in this game. This might be a little bit of a hot take, but I'm going to come out and say it right now. So in the NFC, the clear favorite is definitely the the Green Bay Packers. There's no doubt about it. But you look at teams that could possibly upset the Packers in the playoffs. You might say Seattle. You might say New Orleans. I disagree. I think if anybody's going to beat Green Bay, it's not going to be either of those teams. It's going to be Tampa Bay. I just think the matchup, Tampa Bay and Green Bay, if anybody's going to beat Green Bay in the NFC, I think it's Tampa Bay. I just think they match up super well with them. You look at the game earlier in the season where – the Packers went up 10 to three on them and it was looking like they were going to roll the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home. And then all of a sudden just a change of scenery, Tom Brady plays well. Uh, and then that defense pass rush just a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. but obviously the Packers have, have improved a lot since that game. And I think that was a little bit of a wake up call, but they made Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable. They were all over him. And by the fourth quarter, he got benched. He had a terrible game. He had like two picks, only 130 yards. His completion percentage was absolutely atrocious. So that's why I just, from that game, seeing that game and seeing Tampa Bay get hot at the right time, I, I believe it or not, I just think that Tampa Bay has the best chance of beating Green Bay if they run into them. I don't know how the the, the seating's going to work here, but I do have them taking care of business in here. I just think they're going to roll the Washington football team. I will say I applaud Washington for making the playoffs. Uh, credits the NFC lease, but really just because Alex Smith and Ron Rivera, all the things that they had to deal with, you know, Alex Smith having the worst leg injury of all time. And then Ron Rivera battling cancer. It's kind of nice to see them, you know, make the playoffs. I mean, I still hate, I still hate Washington. I I still don't like them. I do think that if, you know, if it wasn't the Eagles, Doug Peterson's bonehead decision to take Jalen Hurts out, I really do think that they would have won that game. Uh, But that's another topic we can talk about when we get, when we talk about the Eagles. But like I said, easy game for me, probably the easiest one of the week. Buccaneers roll this game. They score 28 and Washington scores 19. Gledhill. Yeah, I like what you said, how like, you know, this game can go one of two ways. Uh, either the Buccaneers win in a route or 
the or Washington wins in a very close game. Um, I don't see this being a shootout at all. I think if the Buccaneers score 25 points, they win the game. Because I just don't see Washington being able to match that personally. They might have a good running back in Antonio Gibson, who's had success throughout the season. But um, Tampa Bay has a lot of the fewest rush yards in the league. They do really good at stopping the run. It's going to you know, be in the hands of Alex Smith. I think you know, he's, he's been playing really well this year. Obviously, it's a heck of a story for him to come back and help lead this team to the playoffs. But I think Tampa Bay is going to be able to do enough offensively to get by in this game. I think it's going to be something like 27 to 17, something like that. Um, actually, I can see this being a really weird scoring game. Like it's like, like 26 to 18 or something, something crazy like that. But I just think Tampa Bay gets this done. I, I think, you know, Tom, Tom Bader remembers last season, you know, losing to the Titans um, in the divisional round, how tough that was. I think he, he looks back to that game and thinks, okay, we got to, we got to take care of business here. We, we didn't do what we, you know, I, I didn't I didn't lead my team in the right way to get through that game to beat the Titans this year. We're we're going to we're going to get this done. We're going to we're going to win this first round game and then we'll see what happens going forward. If if the Seahawks beat the Rams and the Saints uh, beat the Bears, um, then Tampa Bay would go to Green Bay next okay. week and play the Packers. Um because they would be the lowest seed remaining in the NFC. That's right. Um, which would be pretty interesting to see that rematch in Green Bay. This, you know, playing in Green Bay in the cold, two legendary quarterbacks, Brady and Rodgers. I don't think we've, we've never seen them play each other in a playoff format before, I don't think. I mean, they definitely haven't faced in a Super Bowl. So, and now they're in the same league. So it's the first time we'd ever see Brady and Rodgers play in a playoff game. That'd be pretty exciting. Uh, I am hoping that we get to see that next week, but in order for that to happen, um, Tampa Bay's got to take care of Washington this week. And I think they will. I think they've been playing really, really good football lately. And um, they're going to take care of a team that kind of, although they're a great story, I just don't think they can do enough on the offensive side of the football to, to match um, what Tampa Bay is going to be able to do against their defense. Let's go with something weird. How about like 26 to 18? 26 18 i like it didn't you didn't you get like a score gami game right last week too but wait wasn't it the dolphins and bills game that you got right on the score did i say it would be a score gami game i don't even know which game I no said. way I he got that game right i didn't know way he got the score not, not the score that. not the score but he did call the score gami for it i don't know if it was oh. that game i don't know if it was that game do you do you remember you because i remember you texted me and i because i i told you i was like I'm going to have a field day on Rick six this weekend. And you're like me too. And you sent me like a picture of like the score gummy thing. Well, no, it's just cause not cause I got that right. It's just cause I was excited. I was like, dang, you score gummy. Like I'm so pumped. Oh, okay. I got you. Uh, and that would be if Buccaneers do win, that would be their first playoff win since 2003. And if Washington wins since 2006, Preston, who do you got? I, I really could see Washington winning this game. You know, obviously the Buccaneers have had their struggle at offensive line this year. And Washington's got arguably the best defensive line in the entire league. Chase Young's been playing out of his mind. He's looking like the next J.J. Watt. Just absolutely ridiculous. But I just expect Tom Brady. I'm going to trust in Tom Brady, you know, the vet, arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, if you're, if you're talking resume, he's easily the greatest quarterback uh, of all time. So I'm going to take the Buccaneers simply because of Tom Brady. I trust he's going to bounce back after last year. He's got a lot more weapons. He's not going to need to score a lot. He's only going to need to get like 24 max. 
if he gets 24 points, there's no way Washington's – well, I don't know, the Buccaneers' defense. We'll see. Maybe Alex Smith comes out and just plays fantastic because, you know, he's got a great story. So it could be one of those magical moments for him. But I expect Buccaneers come out. They're going to put up at least 24, and Washington isn't going to be able to put up that much. Got final score, Buccaneers 26 and Washington 19. <laughs> I see what you did there. You had to you had to go one off from Glad Hill. By the way, I'm actually going to change the final score because I I just I'm looking now. Twenty five to eighteen has never happened before. That's amazing to me. I thought I thought for sure that would have happened before. Twenty five to eighteen has never happened. So twenty five eighteen. That's the final score. We're going to have a playoff score agami. I could feel. I feel like this is one of those games where it's going to be really weird scoring. Just doesn't really. Not not your conventional game. We see some like weird, you know, two point conversions, and I don't know. But yeah, that's that's my prediction now. Twenty five eighteen because it's never happened before. Sounds good. Being different. All right, next game we got. In my opinion, the most exciting game of the week by far for me personally. I'm so so excited to see this game on Sunday. We got it at twelve o'clock. We got the fifth seed wild card Baltimore Ravens going on the road to play the fourth seed. NFC or AFC South division winners and the Tennessee Titans. Both teams are 11 and five road team is four and in the postseason matchup history. Okay. I mean, we saw last, uh, last year where uh, Tennessee just completely rolled them at or on the road in Baltimore. And that was Lamar Jackson's MVP season. Everyone was thinking, Oh, the Ravens unstoppable. They're going to, you know, cruise to the Super Bowl now. And Titans just went in there as a six seed wild card and just completely shut them up. So you know, both these both these teams don't like each other. They don't like each other, especially, you know, the beef that we saw with Harbaugh and Vrabel early, earlier in the season. You know, that little, the, the game, you know, the pregame scuffle that they had before the game. And then, you know, Derrick Henry going off again and, and literally just beating them in OT. A.J. Brown, you know, the A.J. Brown carrying the whole team into the end zone on that third down where it was literally looking like if Baltimore would have stopped them there, they could have won the game. But that was just such a great game in OT, one of the best games we saw last, last uh, this past season. So a lot of lot of teams, there's a lot of bad blood in this game, and that's exactly why I'm so excited to see the rematch, see how it goes. There's a lot of hate about Lamar saying, "Oh, he he he's a running back, he he can't win a playoff game. He's 0-2 right now." So there's so much pressure on Lamar Jackson and this Ravens team. You could argue that they're the hottest team in football up there with the Buffalo Bills and the Titans. You look at them and you think, "Oh man, that defense is just..." They can't stop anybody. The pass rush is non-existent. If they can't get the ball rolling with Derrick Henry, they pretty much have no shot to beat a win in a shootout. So I'm interested to see how this game goes. What is the spread in this game, Preston? Baltimore is favored by three and a half. Okay, so you're kicking us off, but I do have a question. I have two questions for you. One, is this the hardest game of the week to pick? And two, is this the most exciting game to pick? Or to watch, my bad. Yes, and yes. This could potentially not be a difficult pick for some people. A lot of people might roll with the Titans because they have dominated the last two games um, on the run side of the ball, and they have the recipe to beat Lamar Jackson. What makes it difficult is a lot of people are really hoping Lamar Jackson's going to get his first playoff win here. People think, you know, he's matured. The In the last five or six games of the season, they have looked fantastic. He's looked fantastic. He's been throwing the ball really well. So that makes this game really interesting. It's unfortunate that I'm picking this game first because I kind of want to pick the opposite of what you're going to pick. 
<laughs> if we're being honest. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say that the Titans stick to what they've been doing. They're going to stick to running the football with Derrick Henry. And they're going to shut – I don't know if they're going to shut Lamar Jackson down, but they're going to keep the ball out of his hands. And that will be enough. Um, they did it last year. Game. Yeah, they'll keep the game a little bit more low scoring. As long as they get him three and out, you know, six and out, whatever the case. You know, they try and get him off the field and keep running the ball with Derrick Henry. Um, let's see what the – I think I said uh, saw the weather is going to be about 46 degrees, so it's actually going to be really good conditions there. Um, it's going to be partly cloudy. So Derrick Henry, run the ball. I expect them to win. I'm going to say 24 uh, to 21. So lower scoring game. Okay. All right. I guess I'll just go ahead and do it. Uh, Preston, I'm going to have to disagree with you, and I'm, I'm doing it, man. Lamar is going to do It's finally going to do it. I'm rooting for him to do it. I want him to do it. I like both these teams a lot, I, especially like Ryan Tana, Tana Trill. Y'all, y'all saw that clutch pass he made to A.J. Brown in the fourth quarter versus the Texans. That was just absolutely insane. But th- that defense just worries me too much. I think the Ravens, their, their point differential is amazing. Like they, they will blow you out if you let them. You know, the Titans have had a great game plan in the past to beat them. They've done it the last two times when the playoffs last year, and then they did it in the OT game earlier this season. So I could see the Titans, you know, keeping the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands. I could see it, but I'm rooting for Lamar Jackson. I'm rooting for this Ravens team to finally shut everybody up because there's too much Lamar slander out there right now. I just want him to go in there and prove them all wrong and just get the win. I just want him to do it. And I'm going to say that they find a way to do it. You know, maybe if the Ravens, you know, because they fell off, you know, a lot of people projected them to be like a 14 and two, 15 and one team after last year. And Lamar Jackson was going to be insane again. And they came back to reality. They were seven and five at one point. And everybody was like, okay, wow, this team might not even make the playoffs. Like that's how stacked the AFC was. And then they got, you know, credit that they had an easy schedule. They took care of business. They were rolling every opponent that they were played. And they started looking like, the Ravens of last year and the Ravens that we thought we would have seen this year. So if it wasn't for that reason, I would easily pick the Titans in this game, but the Titans might be a higher seed this year because they won the division. They didn't win the division last year, but I honestly think that their team last year was better. I just think it was better. I, I think, you know, AJ Brown was, was a bigger part of their team this year, but as far as that defense, the defense was way better last year, way better. They actually had a decent pass rush last year, and it carried them to the AFC Championship. I don't see that this year. I just don't. And I think with the point differential and, and all the hate around Lamar Jackson, I think he's just going to find a way to play amazing. And I like the Ravens winning in a shootout. I'm going to say that they win 35-30. to 30. Gledhill. Yeah, you know what? I, I, um, I got to agree with you. I'm going with the Ravens in this game. It's kind of. It feels like they kind of been on a little bit of a revenge tour. Everyone was kind of down on them for most of the season. I think they've played better, way better football than the Titans have recently. I don't like the Titans' defense at all. I really don't. They've given up seventy-eight points in the last two weeks. I don't like their defense. I don't like their pass rush. I think Lamar is going to have his way. I think. I think. I think the Ravens will be able to do more offensively in this game than the Titans will be able to, <clears throat> um, because I have a lot more faith in the in the Ravens' defense than I do the Titans' defense. Maybe Derrick Henry will kind of have his way early, but as the, <clears throat> as we go down the stretch of this game, Ryan Tannehill is going to have to make a lot of plays against the Ravens' secondary, and I just don't see it happening. I think the Ravens will win this game. I think we see something like 35-31. to 31. I think it's going to be 37-31. to 31. That's what my final score would be. I think the Ravens get it done. 
a um, little bit of a re- revenge game from last year. They're the better team right now, and Lamar gets his first playoff win. I, that's what I see happening right now. Very nice. Lamar, please do it, bro. Please. There's too much hate. Please, man. I'm rooting for you, man. I really am. Please, Lamar. Please just in in the haters, bro. Shut them all up because they're talking too much. All right. Next game, we got the 340 game. The Chicago Bears seven seed last wild card spot in the NFC eight and eight going on the road to play the two seed division NFC South winner 12 and four New Orleans Saints. Chicago's lost six straight games versus New Orleans. Last win was week 15 of 2008, but it always seems like these games with each other are pretty close. I th- I'm pretty sure the, the Saints won an OT earlier in the season. So that's something to note there. And Drew Brees was still playing at that time. That was back when we thought the Saints were a little bit of an overrated team as well. The Bears, they got in by, you know, they, they even though they got whooped by the Packers this past weekend, they did get in because the Cardinals were end up able to lose and they had the uh, tiebreaker over them. Uh, so Bears... Uh, thankfully they started the season five and one because if they hadn't done that, they wouldn't have made the playoffs because they, they had lost six or seven straight at one point and they were looking terrible. Didn't know what they were doing with their quarterback situation. I'll give them some credit. I mean, minus that Packers game the past previous weeks, they were putting up 30 points easily and David Montgomery was getting the ball rolling. And I know I haven't been the biggest Matt Nagy guy or, you know, their quarterback situation, but them getting into the playoffs right now. And if, even if they somehow, upset the saints. Cause we know the saints like choking in the playoffs that will single-handedly save Matt Nagy's job. Like single-handedly they're, they're not going to give up to him after, after what they, if they do that, if that all that happens, I mean, they might not even give, they might give him another chance. They might give Trubisky another chance. I don't know what the bears are thinking right now. They're, they're not going to be a top 10 pick. They're not even going to be a top 18 pick and they're, they made the wild card round. So you, you know, who, who knows what the bears are going to do this off season. Let's not worry about that. What is the spread in this game? Preston? The Saints are favored by 10. Okay, and there's been reports going out all this week that the league expectation is that Saints quarterback Drew Brees will officially retire after the season is over. So, Gledhill, are the Saints and Drew Brees going to go out with a bang? Yeah, I think they're, they're going to get by the Bears easily. I don't think they'll have any problem. I just um, I think the Bears are easily the most surprising playoff team. This year, I just think that um, I think I think they'll get. I think they're playing better with Drew Brees than they are with Taysom Hill. Yeah, I see them rolling in this game. I, I I just even though the Bears have been looking better offensively and may put up about twenty points in this game against the Saints defense, which maybe hasn't been looking as great lately. I think the Saints are the better team. I don't see Drew Brees going out like this. I don't see this as like a Viking Saints game from last year. Saints win at home. I don't, I don't really love the Saints that much. I mean, I like the, the Bills as a two seed a lot more than I like the Saints, obviously, but um, they're going to get by the Bears this week. I think they'll probably get by potentially the Seahawks next week, but once they get to the conference championship against maybe the Packers, I just I think their luck will run out eventually. But it's not going to be the end of the road for Drew Brees this week. Let's go 38 to 20. Okay. So I think they roll. And they do get Michael Thomas back. Preston, who do you got? They do get Michael Thomas back? Yeah. Where'd you see that? Uh, 25 minutes ago, they just said that uh, he is expected to play. Oh, wow. They still have him on injured reserve on here. That's sick. Yeah. All right, yeah. I was going to say, even without Michael Thomas, they were going to win. I think this is an easy game. They're going to blow past the Bears, who have struggled on offense, and the Saints' defense has honestly been carrying them. Um, even though Kamara has put up impressive numbers the past couple of weeks, Overall, the latter half of the season, Saints defense stepped up, been carrying them throughout Taysom Hill, 
And then now that Drew Brees is coming back injured, they've got that running game going. Saints are going to win big, 33-17. to 17, Got the Saints winning, covering, and moving on to the next round. So I actually think the Bears are going to cover in this game. I really do. Uh, having Michael Thomas back will be huge. I mean, the Saints didn't have any running backs. They had to upgrade, or they had to move Ty Montgomery to the running back, and it was him run, doing reps there. And they still they still uh, rolled the Panthers. Credit, it was the Panthers. I know we were a little bit worried about that game, but they, they still took care of business. So I think that just shows that they're probably the most well-balanced roster in the NFC, at least. But thankfully, you know, they get Michael Thomas back, right? And then they also get uh, Latavius Murray, uh, Michael Burton and Dwayne Washington, which was the other three running backs who got the close contact from Kamara's positive test. So that will be huge in the run game. I think we're going to see a lot of running the ball, a lot of running the ball, a lot of quick passes to Michael Thomas. And I think the defense is going to win in this game, but I do have the bears covering. I do have the bears covering. Uh, I think the saints will go three and out a couple times and the bears will capitalize on it. But overall, I just think Sean Payton's going to find a way to get this game, uh, get this win and they'll move on to the next round. So I got the saints winning and a low-scoring game, Bears cover 24-22. to 22. Next game, and this is the last game right here, the primetime game on Sunday. Sunday night football, I guess you could say, the Cleveland Browns, sixth seed, 11-5, going on the road to play their division rival. They just played them this past week, by the way. Three-seeded division winners, Pittsburgh Steelers, 12-4. Ben Roethlisberger, 23-2-1 and and career record versus Cleveland. Everyone's been looking forward to this game all week, you know, especially Browns fans ending the playoff drought, making the playoffs for the first time since 2002. Browns fans are just happy, you know, riding high. Everyone's just, they're just so happy. Everything's going so well. And then everything just goes completely down the drain, man, as oh, things went from really good to really bad as COVID outbreak continues. Kevin Stefanski and two other coaches and two players have COVID issues, and Kevin Stefanski will not be at the game. So they don't even have their coach, and they're playing their division rival in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, my goodness. How much worse luck could you get? What is the spread in this game, Preston? So the Steelers are favored by six. Steelers are favored by six. We know Big Ben has owned the Cleveland Browns in his career in the past. This is my pick. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Steelers get it done. They get it done. I, I want to root for the Browns. I'm I'm glad I picked them last week to get into the playoffs. And I, I think a lot of people are, have been freaking out because, you know, you look at that game and you think, oh, the Steelers sat Big Ben. They sat TJ Watt. They sat you – know, Joe Hayden has COVID. Like, how in the world did they almost beat the Browns? I mean, you got to look at everything. Like, the Browns had guys out too. You know, they, 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 they had some receivers that were still out. They had Denzel Ward, their, their best cornerback. They had their safety out. Like it wasn't just the Steelers who were resting and had players out. Like the Browns had players out too. So I, I, I'm not, like I'm not going to freak out and say, Oh, like the Browns are in trouble because they barely beat the Steelers backups. Like, no, like they had players out as well and they found a way to get into the playoffs. I'm glad they did. I'm so happy for Cleveland fans, but unfortunately you have to turn around and play them with everybody this time and it's going to be a different scenario and I just have the Steelers getting it done Big Ben and Mike Tomlin have owned the Cleveland Browns their whole career and I want to root for Cleveland I hope Cleveland wins honestly like I would be super excited if they win but I'm going to go ahead and say that the Steelers get it done they've owned them in the past and I just see the the Steelers being at home the playoffs yep they're not going to go to the Super Bowl they're not going to beat the Bills or the Chiefs in the AFC no way at all no way at all but They'll win their first playoff game. 
I expect the Browns to be competitive, but I expect the Steelers to win by a touchdown. So I'm going to say that they win 27 to 21. Preston, who you got? Not going to lie. I'm not very confident in my picks this week. So I think I'm going to do good. <laughs> the Browns, man, I'd really love to pick the Browns here. If I pick the Steelers and I'm going to end up rooting for the Steelers and I freaking hate the Steelers. Always have hated the Steelers. Never will like the Steelers. I respect Mike Tomlin. I, I respect big Ben, you know, especially what he's gone through coming back from that gruesome arm injury. He had, you know, his comeback is, is pretty inspirational as well. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a tough game to pick. I'm going to follow my heart. I'm going to pick the Cleveland Browns. I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to go with believe land. I don't know why every time I've, I've done this, the Browns have lost, but I'm putting it all on the line. I got nothing to lose. Six and oh, six and oh, six and oh. That's it. Once again, I'm not confident in my picks this week, so I know I'm going to do well. Browns win. Let's say 31 to 30. Geez, you're starting to sound like Gledhill earlier in the season with you. Oh, I'm going to pick this team. Nope, never mind. I picked that team. I hope you didn't jinx this game, Preston, because I'll be super mad if you did. Gledhill, who do you got? This is easily the toughest game for me to pick. It's a rivalry game in Pittsburgh. They split this regular. They split the regular season matchup. Oh, man, I know in the past, Big Ben, Mike Tomlin, and the Steelers have kind of owned the Browns a little bit, especially in Pittsburgh. I mean, it is in the last 15, 20 years, it is it has gone the Steelers' way almost all the time. This is a different year for the Browns. The Browns are a really good football team. But, but the thing is, if they don't have a really strong run game, they're not going to score enough points to win the game. And I think the Steelers are going to be able to stop that run game. And I think that Big Ben and Mike Tomlin, they've owned the Browns in the past, and I think they're going to get the win today. I think I got – or get the win on Sunday. I got the Steelers winning this game. It's tough. I, I don't like it. I don't like picking the Steelers. I'm not going to be rooting for them. I don't care that I made this that – I, that I picked them. I'm going to be rooting for the Browns. You know I am. Rooting for my boy Baker. Wait, hold up. I hold think up, Baker's a game up. manager. Hold I'm up, sorry. Hold up, Give, hold up, hold up. Yeah. Didn't last week you said that there was a part of you that wanted the Browns to completely crumble and not and not make the playoffs? Because I remember – I remember I'm calling your ass out right now, Glenn Hill. What do you mean you want the Browns to win? Yeah, you're calling me out right now, but – I, um, you're absolutely right. I, last week, that's what I felt, but you know what? The Browns did make the playoffs. They're in, it's over. They made the playoffs. Yay. Browns fans. Now I think you're going to lose. I think I'm going to root for you because now you're in the playoffs. I want you to win, but I think you're going to lose. I think the Steelers are going to win this game. Yes. I'm going to be rooting for the Browns. I just listened to my heart, man. Last week, my heart was telling me, Screw the Browns fans. I hope they blow this. How fun would that be to just look from the outside and see them absolutely collapse? But now they're in the playoffs. They made it. And I just hope that they I, – I hope they win. I hope they beat the Steelers, their rival. I don't like the Pittsburgh Steelers. I really don't. I don't like Big Ben that much. Mike Tomlin, he's a great coach. I don't love Big Ben and the Steelers. They're not, they're not a team I like to root for. So I'm going to be rooting for the Browns in this game. However, I do think the Steelers will win. I think the Steelers, um, even though I said a few weeks ago that they wouldn't win a playoff game, I think they're going to win a playoff game this year. They're going to beat the Browns at home. Kevin Stefanski will not be on the sidelines. 
He tested positive for COVID. Sucks, really man. tough for that team. I just I think the road ends here for the Browns on the road. If the run game is really good, they have a chance. If it's not, and Baker's got to make more throws, I I just don't I don't see it happening. I really I don't think Baker is that good of a quarterback. To be honest with you, I think he's he is very he has the personality of a really good franchise quarterback. I think he's been perfect for Cleveland this year because he has he has a really strong personality that the fans can relate to and that the fans rally behind and that the fans, you know, will chance his name and everything. Uh, but when it comes to football talent, he, he just doesn't, he doesn't have the talent that a Josh Allen has, that a Lamar Jackson has, that a Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, he doesn't have the talent that any of those other guys have. And um, maybe that's Cleveland. Um, Cleveland, you know, he's kind of an underdog kind of quarterback, which I think is perfect for Cleveland. But we've seen this year, man, if the run game isn't good, if the offensive line isn't great, they're also missing their best guard. So I think that's another thing that that's going to be tough for Baker to overcome in this game on the road in Pittsburgh. I just don't see it, man. I really just don't. And I, and I hate it because I, I love Baker, but I think he's very limited as a quarterback. And I think I think the road ends here for the Browns. I think Baker – so here, here's the thing, point I'm trying to make about Baker. He has been very vital to this team this year from a personality standpoint, and he has, um, he has humbled himself on the football field. He hasn't tried to do too much. He's played within the offense that Kevin Stefanski's given him. And Kevin Stefanski's given him a great offensive plan and, and uses running backs Chubb and Hunt really well. So Baker deserves a lot of credit for humbling himself, not trying to do too much, learning Kevin Stefanski's offense, playing really well within it and it's it the Browns have had a lot of success as a result however it just seems like everything kind of has to be perfect for Baker he can't he can't really succeed in a bad situation you know you're if you if you lose one of your best running backs or you lose you know in this case in reality you're losing your best guard and you don't have your head coach on the sidelines I think Baker is going to struggle in this game against a really good Steelers defense that's going to be you know up to up to speed in this game they're going to have all their dudes I just, I just don't, I don't see it uh, for the Browns this time around. It sucks. I hate it. I'm rooting for you, Browns, but the Steelers will win 24 to 17. Browns fans, please be grateful. If like win or lose, just please be grateful. You guys have dealt with a lot. Yeah. This whole 21st century, like just be happy. I know you're going to be pissed that it's the Steelers and I know you don't want to lose to them, but just, just come on, be grateful. You don't have your head coach. You made the playoffs. You made it. You made it. You deserve love. You guys deserve love. So that's all I'm going to say. But yeah, I mean, I, I, a thing that just really blows my mind is the AFC North overall. Like 11, 11, or two, three teams, three teams with 11 wins or 11, 11 or more wins. Like that's insane. Like we always talk about the a- NFC West, best division in football. No, the AFC North's the best division in football now. Especially with the Cardinals falling off and the 49ers injuries. Yeah, this is this is honestly the best division in football. But if the Browns, if they do somehow win this game, it would be their first playoff win since 1995. AKA the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl, fun fact. Uh so yeah, that's gonna do it, man. I think uh there's no other really news to talk about. I mean, obviously you had some you know head coaching uh, head coaches you know, fired this, you know, after week 17. We had Adam Gase finally, his duties are over. With the Jets, calling that one for a while. Anthony Lynn fired from the Chargers. Preston, how do you feel about that one? 
I'm very excited. Very excited. You know, obviously, Anthony Lynn's a good guy. He, uh, we did have a good season with him. We made the playoffs, won a playoff game with him. Thank you for your service, Anthony Lynn. But you failed to make adjustments, and so therefore we had to move on. Eric Bieniemy, please come to the Chargers. Please help us grow a fan base with Justin Herbert. And I know you want to work with Justin Herbert. You know, I know we, we're not the perennial team in L.A. I know. But it's still L.A. La, la. Don't go to Atlanta because, you know, they're just kind of like a mess over there right now. Don't go to Jacksonville. I, I know working with Trevor Lawrence might be kind of appetizing, but trust me, don't go to Jacksonville. Definitely don't go to the Jets. I know you're smart enough to not go to the Jets and don't go to Detroit because that's just basically the, the same thing as the Jets. So <laughs> yeah, LA, 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 come to LA. We will love you. Yeah, it's already looking like Eric Bietemi is set up to leave after this season. Uh, he will be looking interviewed by the Jags, uh, like Preston said. We also got the Jets head coaching jobs Wednesday. Has also met with the Chargers, the Falcons, and the Lions. So he's got some good options to pick for. Hopefully he goes to the right place. He's going to probably be an elite coach when he gets there. Turn that franchise around. Uh, and if not, Eric Bietemi to the Jaguars. We've also heard maybe Urban Myers coming out of retirement. So him and Trevor Lawrence would be interesting as well. Jason Garrett. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I heard reports about that too. Yeah. Jason Garrett, uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, he's interviewing for the vacant head coach job. <laughs> oh, Preston. I'm, I promise you, you do not want that man on your team. You don't want the clapper. Bro. I do not want the clapper, man. I do not want chlamydia um, part two. I, I do not want any of that. Oh, God, please, Jason Garrett, just just stay away. I have a question. Go stick to coordinating somewhere else. Do you like Justin Herbert? Like, real question, do you like Justin Herbert? Oh, do I like Justin Herbert? Yes. Bro, that is my dog, bro. That's your dog, right? I love that dude. Oh, my hey, goodness. you like bro, him, right? I'm so you, excited. You, you like him with all your heart. You're excited for him, right? If Jason Garrett, if, if you hire Jason Garrett, you will not like that man anymore. You will not like Justin Herbert anymore. No, I'll, I'll have someone to blame it on. You won't like him because Jason Garrett will find a way to screw him up. Jason Garrett, stay the hell away from the Chargers. Get out of here. What about what about what about Dak and Tony Romo? I thought he made them look pretty good. That wasn't Jason Garrett. I, all the only thing I saw from from that team was he made he ruined them or he ruined their or not ruined them. I'm sorry because he didn't ruin them, but he wasted their talent. He wasted their years of having possibly a Super Bowl run. Yeah, I mean that's. What I, I don't know. I think I think it's really tough to coach in Dallas. I think he he did a decent job. Obviously, you got to the point where they were kind of the same middle of the pack team. You got to make a change at that point. I'm not saying the Cowboys should have kept him. I'm no, just saying it was time. It was as time, a head you know. coach. No, it was time. I agree with yeah. you. But I think as a head coach, Jason Garrett's not bad. I mean, it's it's not easy to coach in Dallas. I mean, you, you got Jerry as your owner, kind of running the show. Um, he's not super easy to deal with. It's a franchise that has a lot of history, a lot of expectations. And if you're not Jimmy Johnson or, um, Tom Landry, you're, you're, you're a failure in Dallas. I mean, so it's just, it's, it's really a tough franchise to coach. He was there for a long time, had some success, had some pretty good winning seasons. Um, and I, I just, I don't think he's as bad as people saying are saying he is. I think he's a pretty good offensive mind. Yeah, I think I think too. He's not gonna 
you know, he's not like a Freddie Kitchens coming there, you know, with no experience, just not know what you're doing. He, he knows what he's doing. He's a grown up. I think he'd be a good leader. But uh, yeah, no, I think there are better options. I, I would take the over him. 100%. So some other things that I didn't, uh, we didn't get to cover today. Uh, most league insiders believe that 49ers will move on from Jimmy G. Even after last week, Kyle Shanahan did say he was the guy. So hopefully this is what I, I mean. Me and Gladho have been talking about this for the past five or six weeks or so. Hopefully they can get a Matthew Stafford on their team and get him out of Detroit because it's looking like he played his last game versus the Minnesota Vikings this past weekend. We also got Cam Newton and the Patriots are expected to part ways after the season. Poor Cam Newton. doesn't. Look, I don't know if he's going to get another shot in the NFL. Um, I, I really don't. Uh, but he did go out with the bang. He did go out with the bang. He went off against the New York Jets. Credit it was against them, but he had four total touchdowns. If that's a way to go out in your NFL career, you know, good on you, Cam Newton. Uh, obviously I don't, I don't really want to talk about the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys just make me absolutely sick. Like they really did think, thankfully they have a top 10 pick by losing that game. So that's the only good thing I can note about it, but just watching that game, they seriously won three games in a row that were so pointless just to lose, just to lose like that. Like that's just a typical Cowboys fashion to go out. You win three games in a row after a terrible season. Don't even have your quarterback and you have a chance to possibly win the division. It doesn't matter because the Eagles, you know, ruined every, every other, like us or the giants chances of getting in, but you have a chance and you do that. You win three games just to do that. Like lose to the giants like that. Just Cowboys. Ugh. Just rebuild around Dak, man. Like if you need to trade something, you know, like a Jalen Smith or Demarcus Lawrence, if you need to trade somebody big on our team, just so you can sign Dak or, and build around the defense. I don't even care, man. I hope we get, Patrick uh, Sertan from Alabama, the safety at number 10. If we could sneak him at number 10, that'd be great. Just rebuild the defense, get some depth at the O-line. That's all I got to say about the Cowboys. Gledho, how are you feeling about that game, man? Because that that game just, oh, it made me sick, bro. It looked over about five minutes in. I I knew really early in that game that it wasn't going to go the Cowboys' way. It just had that feeling on the road in New York. It just looked like the Giants were kind of dominating it. Uh, and even though it was really close late, Andy Dalton had a shot um, to win it. He wasn't playing nearly well enough the entire game to get it done. And then we had that 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 fumble that, that fumble by uh, Gallman that I got really excited about. I was like, oh my gosh, they're gonna have a shot. And then sure enough, um, it was ruled that the, that the Giants ended up recovering it anyways. And then that was that was it. So um, yeah, but I you know I even though it was super close late, I knew early on in that game that the Cowboys were going to lose uh, and that it wasn't going to matter what happened in the Philadelphia Washington game. But yeah, you're right. It just feels like the Cowboys. You, you you look like you're gaining some momentum. You look good for a few games, only for you to lose when it really counts and you miss out on the playoffs. And um, it just feels a lot like Kyle Wharton in 2013 against the Eagles, throwing a late pick. And, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, I play too. Like that. yeah, it was, it was awful, man. I, and you know, obviously there was a lot of things. The reason we lost that game, it wasn't just the pick and it wasn't just the fumble. It was also the freaking, uh, that Mike McCarthy, not challenging that, that play that led to a yeah. field goal. Like, I don't know why you even didn't even try to challenge that. It wasn't even a catch. So I don't know why he didn't try to challenge that. The, but the, the real reason, the one that just made me like aggravated to watch and it's because I've seen this like as a Cowboys fan all the time is the fact that they have a chance to win the game and they blow it with some bonehead play call. 
it, it doesn't make any sense. It's just not complimentary football. They were inside the, they were driving down the field with a minute 40 seconds left. This is right before Andy Dalton throws the pick. And this was before the fumble too. It was first and goal, a minute 40 left. Giants used a timeout. They only had one left. So you'd think the smart thing to do was, okay, run it again, make them waste that last time out and just run the clock out. And then, you know, maybe settle for the field goal and give them no time to come back. No, you know what the Cowboys call on first down? They call a shotgun pass play and they get sacked. Andy Dalton gets sacked. So instead of first and 10 or, or second and what, I guess say you got stuff second and nine, right? Whatever it's second and 20. So then we're forced to throw it. And we throw a little crossing route. CeeDee Lamb completely drops it. That was a bad drop, by the way. And then the third, and then it comes down to the, the third and long, third and 20. You got to throw it. Andy Dawn again gets no time and throws it. Terrible throw. Picked off in the end zone. We lose the game. And then the fumble. I mean, there was a lot of things about it. I mean, he ended up making the recovery in the end, so it wasn't like a bad call. But it's just that wasn't the reason we lost the game. There was a lot of other reasons, like Gledhill, you said. There was Andy Dalton didn't play good enough early in the game, and our t- we didn't deserve we didn't deserve to win that game. There there was no way the way we had so many chances to win it, we didn't deserve to win it because of what we were doing. That's just- yeah, and the Cowboys the Cowboys finished six and ten, and they feel more like a six and ten team than a seven and nine team. Because six and I feel like there's a gap between six and ten and seven and nine. Seven and nine, it's like you're close to five hundred. It wasn't like catastrophic. It wasn't great, but it's more mediocrity than than just catastrophe. Six and ten kind of feels more like this Cowboys team um, had a couple decent moments in there. Dak kind of carried you early afterwards. It was kind of just you were up and down. Had some good, had a couple good stretches, but it was really just for the most part, you still were not a good football team. Seven and nine is more of a mediocre average football team. The Cowboys were below average this year. I think their six and ten record is kind of it kind of shows that. So they yeah, they definitely felt like a six and ten team to me. And now I think there's a lot of you gotta there's a lot to look at this offseason. You know, you gotta look at Dak, you gotta look at coaching, you gotta look at um, Zeke, you gotta look at defense. Um, you know, I, yeah, there's just so much you gotta you gotta look at this season if you're the Cowboys. A lot to work on this offseason. We'll see how the team looks next year. Yeah, I think you got to go defense with the first pick in the draft. I think that that's you know it, that seems logical to me, but it's, it's just yeah, it was it was worse than seven and nine is mediocrity. This was worse than mediocrity this year. So I think it's it's only fitting that they lost that final game to the Giants and and finished six and ten. Well, it could have been worse if they had just lost the other games, but they decided to win. Right. They decided to win four pointless games, ruin their they they like the Cowboys could have been. What they're six and ten. They literally could have been four and twelve. Like they, yeah. they won two or three games that they shouldn't have won, and they could have thrown away. And that's why I give credit. <laughs> I give okay. I don't give credit because this is not anything to get credit about. But that the 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 way the Eagles lost against the football team, how blatant it was. That's how you properly tank. The Cowboys never did that this season, which they very well could have. But they obviously care about the draft. I, Doug Peterson, dude, that dude, I, I don't say what you want about the Cowboys. Like the Cowboys suck. They're mediocrity. Their franchise is so screwed for like the next like five years. I mean, whatever. I wouldn't blame you if you said that, but I would be confident that we're in a way better position than Philadelphia is right now. I think Philadelphia, they don't know what they are. I mean, you got a quarterback getting paid 32 million. You're going to try to trade him, right? 
And him, him and his relationship with Doug Peterson are, is totally gone. Like it's, it's gone there. You're going to have to trade him, but at the same time, who's going to want to get that contract. You got to get lucky there. So you got to get rid of the most expensive backup. You don't even know if Jalen hurts is the future. So you're kind of stuck with him there. The Eagles are just a mess. I honestly think they should just clean house, clean house and rebuild, clean house and rebuild fire. Doug Peterson, like the dude is completely delusional. That, that's all like if I could describe him in one word, he's delusional. Anytime that yep. you lo- you lose your whole locker room, you he already lost the locker room. Like Miles Sanders, all these other there's these players were confused because he took out Jalen Hurts in the fourth quarter. Everybody was confused. Nobody was up for that decision. That was a bonehead. That was his decision alone to say, okay, you know what? Instead of being the ninth pick, let's be the sixth pick. Let's purposely lose this game. Let's blatantly lose this game. Let's take out Jalen Hurts, right? Let's take out Jalen Hurts. And then when the press conference asked me about it, let's just say, oh, I was coaching to win the game. I was coaching to win the game. No, no you weren't. You were not coaching to win, bro. You're delusional. Mm-hmm. You're delusional. You need to be fired. You lost the locker room. Miles Sanders, all those other players, I don't know why he did it. I was confused. I was confused. You lost the locker what room. What if? What if he got a call from upstairs to purposely lose the game? What if it was out of his hands? I mean, I just don't understand. I mean, that's just, that's a loser mentality. Like you, I mean, you can call me a hypocrite all you want because I've been saying like, oh, Cowboys should tank, Cowboys should tank, but there, there's never going to be, there should never be an owner or a guy upstairs that should blatantly make a decision late in the game to say, okay, pull the quarterback. Let's purposely lose this game. It's not like they were getting blown out. It's not like they were out of it. They they were, I would argue that they were outplaying the football team. They got a pick and they could have scored, but they went for it on fourth and two. That was that wasn't the problem though. But they could have won that game. Jalen Hurts was playing decent. I, I think that's okay. I'm just gonna say right here, that's pretty hypocrite. It is hypocritical of you. Um, but I will also say I am 100 percent against tanking. And this is why I have I, I have always been on the NFL um, to do a lottery similar to the NBA. So that way there's less of an incentive to purposely lose games. I don't know if we can go ahead and attribute that blame to Doug Peterson right away though, because if he got the call, I mean, it's what's he going to do? Not listen to his, his owner. I don't know. I I just think the Eagles as a whole, I hate the Eagles as a whole. I think their GM should 100% absolutely go either the GM or Doug Peterson needs to go one of them because you know, all the reports say they don't work together and you needed that relationship to be tight in order to succeed. And that is where the issues stem from, uh, in my opinion. What, but why not both? You know, why not get rid of both? I feel like they should. Just you could, do- you could. But if you, I mean, the, the one thing on Doug Peterson's resume is he's got a Super Bowl. Okay, so, but he. That's on both their resumes. That's on his it, resume. Yeah, but, but you got to figure out who. Who would you rather get rid of right now? If you if you were to just choose one, and I think they should just choose one to get rid of, so that way they can see. If I had to choose where one, the, yeah, between Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson, who would you get rid of? Doug Peterson, only one. Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson over Howie Roseman. I agree. Doug I agree. Peterson, and and fair enough. I still think Howie Roseman should go, but if I had to pick, because I've been saying Howie Roseman should have been gone last year, but they made the playoffs, so he wasn't going to go, obviously. But Doug Peterson should go because anytime that you completely ruin your relationship with your quarterback, 
and then at the same time lose the locker room because you made a decision. And, you know, maybe, maybe you're right, Preston. Maybe it wasn't his decision at the end of the day. And if it wasn't his decision, then that's the reason Howie Roseman should probably go too because he made that decision. But I just think with the situation that they're in, everybody should – they should just clean house. Start over, man. Like, start over. What about Carson Wentz? Do you think Carson Wentz should stay? I mean, They should not- keep Carson Wentz for one more year and get a new GM and a new head coach? Uh, that's why, that's another reason I don't, I think Doug Peterson is delusional because even after all this, after the relationship, he problems he had with Wentz and then finally benching him for Hertz. And now Carson Wentz saying, I want to be traded. If he decides to keep Carson Wentz, what, what does that make him look like? You know, right? Like, that doesn't make him look good. Well, and, and also, I mean, you're, you're starting, he's starting to butcher his relationship with Jalen Hurts. Cause that, I mean. And I don't know if it was Peterson's fault or not. Like, you know, you, you don't know if he got a phone call or something, but the organization as a whole is to blame because that was a perfect game for Jalen Hurts, a rookie quarterback who you're not really sure if he's your guy or not, to step up in a division game, see what he has late in the game. Why are you giving Nate Sudfeld reps? Like, you don't, you're not looking for any, you're not looking for any promise in Nate Sudfeld. You've had him for four years. He was, you know, either a late round pick or undrafted you know he's not going to be the future of your team. This is a perfect opportunity for them to let Hurts play it out, see what you have in him. And, and um, you know, if he if he gets a big win, guess what? You know, that that's something you can take into the offseason or really, you know, so you took that moment away from Hurts. Because um, I think if, if they had continued with Jalen Hurts in that game, it's I think it's it's likely they would have won that game against Washington, I, I think. Um, I think Hurts, he didn't really have a great statistical game, but, he had some really good plays there. I think if you you keep him in, I think the Eagles win that game, and then there's there's much more positivity during the offseason because they get the win. And you know, I I just I just don't understand the whole tanking thing because you're moving up from nine to six, which I don't really think it it, it matters for the Eagles because you're not drafting a quarterback. Well, if they were get... looking at people were saying um, that one linebacker, whoever the number one linebacker is, Parsons. that they could potentially Parsons. get him at six, but, and but he wouldn't maybe, be available at nine. Maybe you need you need both. You need either the best linebacker, you need the best corner, or you need the best D end. You need everything. So I don't know why you would tank to move up three spots and you know keep Jalen Hurts from from getting a signature win at the end of the season against a division team and going into the off season with you know the team goes into the off season with a lot more you know, a lot more positivity. I think it makes, I think, you know, a college, like a mediocre college team, their, their off seasons are going to be a lot easier after they win a bowl game because, you know, they, they finish on a winning note. And it, I think it makes it a lot easier to get up and, you know, and, and work really hard in February and March and April and get ready for the season. So I just, he took that moment away from J- Jalen Hurts. I don't know if it was, you know, Roseman or Lurie making the decision or it was Peterson making the decision to pull him, but the organization robbed Jalen Hurts of what could have been a really big win to end the season. I know it didn't really matter for playoff implications for the Eagles, but that that, that would have been a really solid way to end the season for, for Jalen Hurts. So you don't know who's going to be your guy anymore. But yeah, I mean, the Eagles are a mess right now. I mean, they're they're in a worse situation than the Cowboys. I mean, we'll, I think we can all agree on that. They got a lot to figure out. I think I think we just talked about the Cowboys have some stuff to figure out this offseason. But we have a good feeling Dak's our future. Dak is a really good quarterback, and he took a big step forward this season before he got hurt. And with the Eagles, you don't know who your quarterback's going to be. And it just I don't see how it could be Wentz unless you fire someone. I mean, Carson Wentz is not going to be a starting quarterback under Doug Peterson after this. I mean, 
You absolutely, I, I, you can't keep Wentz at this point. After everything can't. that's happened, there's absolutely no re, no way you can keep Wentz. Wentz doesn't even want to play for them anymore. So I agree. It doesn't make any sense, and that that also goes with with the GM too, because I'm, you know, it's not just Doug Peterson's fault. Like that, that's another. That's an also goes back to the GM, like Preston was saying. Like you, you know, you completely tank. You go from the ninth pick to the sixth pick. But it's not like their GM has made great drafting decisions in the past. So how is three spots going to help them? You know what I mean? Like the past three, like look at who the Eagles have drafted in the past few they've years. They've been terrible like, in the draft. They've been terrible. Like they've drafted mediocre second round players when they could have had, they could have had Justin Jefferson this year. They got, got Jalen Rager. They could have had DK Metcalf. They drafted JJ Ortega Whiteside, like jumping up three spots like doesn't do anything for them. If you're not like Glad Hill said, if you're not going to get a starting quarterback, it just doesn't make any sense. Like they're going to try to get Devontae Smith, but Devontae Smith is probably going to be gone by then. Cause he's probably a top four, top five pick. I don't know, man. It's it. what really aggravates me is I'm okay with tanking. If it helps the future of your team, but not if you're single-handedly in the game like that. It's not like the Eagles were getting completely destroyed. Like they had half their roster out. Miles Sanders, Fletcher Cox, Deshaun Jackson, they had a lot of players out. And everybody thought Washington was going to roll them if Alex Smith and Terry McLaurin played. But they weren't. I mean, you they were getting outplayed. And then all of a sudden, at the all of a sudden the fourth quarter hits and you just pulled Jalen Hurts. So not only did you ruin his chances of getting a big game, you also kind of maybe pissed him off a little bit and and that's a dude that you think might be your franchise quarterback because you don't have you're done with Carson Wentz. It it just for the circumstance that it was in, it just didn't seem like the right decision for the organization to do. And that's why I think they should completely rebuild. I know I've been hammering Doug Peterson this whole time, but I just think regardless who decision it was, Peterson, Roseman, Lurie, the organization, they just need to completely rebuild, clean house and I, I don't know. I just, I, I didn't understand it. Like it. Yeah. I didn't understand it at all. I don't know. It kind of, yeah. My final answer is clear house. Like you said, but I'd keep Carson Wentz um, one more year and, uh, and, and try him again with a new coach um, and just com- or completely new coaching staff, hopefully completely new general manager and everything. And uh, hopefully you can find a hire where the head coach and the general manager get along. Yeah. Just the fact, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered anyways if the Cowboys won. I know Giants fans were complaining about the Eagles losing that game purposely, but they weren't mad because of Doug Peterson's decision. They don't care about that. They were mad that they didn't get into the playoffs, but I don't know. I mean, even it's it just, it would be different if like, it was like a, a executive thing to say, okay, like let's completely throw this game out. And the quarterback was okay with it. Like Jalen Hurts was like, all right, whatever we're tanking anyways, we need a better draft pick. But Jalen Hurts was pissed. Like he did not want to be sat down. Like it would be different if he was like, okay, like I'm okay with this. Like, yeah, like we're, we're not, we're, we already missed the playoffs. We have nothing to play for. Let's get a better pick. But it's the fact that there was no communication whatsoever that they were going to do that. It was just kind of out of the blue. Like, Oh, Jalen Hurts, you're out. We're, we're completely losing this game. And it was obvious. Like they didn't even like, if you're going to tank, at least don't make it that obvious, you know? So that's all I got to say. Gledho, you got anything else to add? No, I think we touched on it all, honestly. Okay. Preston, you good to go? I'm good. That was a good little debate right there. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, sorry about the little rant. I mean, I'm not even an Eagles fan, so what the hell do I know? Fun season with, with regular season, but it's playoff time. Hope you guys have a good week. 
Uh, enjoy some football. Enjoy the national championship on Monday. We'll see you guys next Heck week. Yeah. Have a good one. Peace out.